Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson, and I'm all alone today. Lucas is away for some school stuff, um, and we didn't really want to upload an old episode for you, so we're hitting you with a solo episode. It's it's just me this week, and so, yeah, well, this, this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining me as I discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Well, as I said, it's just me, so it's going to be more of like a a monologue, thoughts with Jen's type episode, as opposed to a conversational back and forth. Uh, But on today's episode, as you've probably already seen in the title, uh, I just I'm here today to share a couple of thoughts on this Asbury revival or Asbury awakening, really whatever you want to call it. And if you're if you're not familiar with it, at the time of recording, for the last ten days there has been this this movement happening at Asbury uh, University, I believe, um, in in Wilmore, Kentucky, and. <laughs> It, it's a it's a little strange. It's a little peculiar. Um, it, it, I think because of our our social media driven world, uh, it's getting a, a a lot of visibility. People are writing their opinions. There, there there's blog posts and Twitter feeds and articles from major news outlets. So some something's happening. Um, but basically, like after a chapel one day, like some students stayed. And they stayed, and they stayed, and a lot of them are still there. That's that's part of what is drawing intrigue, is this uh, this strange occurrence. And so it's left a lot of people wondering, like, is this genuine? Is it fake? Is it produced and manufactured? So what's the deal? Well, I, I've read a number of articles, a number of blog posts, you know, all across the spectrum from different people who have traveled there from hundreds of miles. I'm talking people that have driven, flown, whatever, from from out of state, maybe even out of country, to go see this revival in their chapel. So um, one, of the, one of the really good posts that I saw was actually from a student who, who goes there. So I thought I would just read a couple of little blurbs from this because I think it's really insightful. Because again, this is from somebody who's been there since day one, in the midst of it, knows the culture of the school in general, um, as well as you know what's happening in this moment right now. So this person's name is Madison. Madison writes, I'm hesitant to post my thoughts on what's happening in Wilmore. A few of you have heard about this, quote, revival at Asbury University. I attended the gatherings from the first day until now, a chapel service that didn't stop but continued spontaneously for nine days. This was written yesterday. It was an intimate space for students, but it is now the focus of global intrigue, mass pilgrimage, and digital evaluation. I am aware that not everyone has a paradigm for this form of spirituality, but I want to be honest to my own understanding. I come from a spiritual background that has left me weary of a hype in culture of spectacle. So these things that happen, people are drawn to it because it's simply a spectacle. Uh, I've grown tired of disingenuous representation, uh, representations of divine work, but it is clear that God is moving in a surprising and transformative way. However, when you think of, quote, revival... What comes to mind might not be what's happening. To quote Professor McCall, who's a theology professor at Asbury Seminary, uh, quote, What we are experiencing now, this inexpressibly deep sense of peace, wholeness, holiness, belonging and love, is only the smallest of windows into the life for which we are made, end quote. The movements of the spirit and Western evangelicalism always exist in the middle of a cultural moment. 
the generous interpretation of those of these movements reveals unique traits for each one. For example, fervor of the Great Commission at the Mount Hermon Conference, overwhelming joy in Toronto's outpouring, zeal for the lost in the Brownsville Revival, acts of healing at the Kansas City Awakening, and manifestations of tongues at the Azusa Street Revival. In each move of the Spirit, God clearly manifests in a specific way for that generation. I find it interesting that God would mark this outpouring with a tangible sense of peace for a generation with unprecedented anxiety, a restorative sense of belonging for a generation amidst uh, an epidemic of loneliness, an authentic hope for a generation marked by depression, a leadership emphasizing protective humility in relationship with power for a generation deeply hurt by the abuse of religious power, a focus on participatory adoration for an age of digital distraction. Man, I thought those qualities, those those little bits of, of what is happening, what these students are experiencing, so they're experiencing peace, something that many don't have in an age, in an age of anxiety. Um, they're, they're feeling a sense of belonging in an age of loneliness, hope in an age of depression, uh, leadership talking about humility um, when a lot of times people come from situations in, in a past where they've been deeply hurt by the abuse of religious power, um, but especially a focus on participatory adoration for an age uh, of digital distraction. And that's something that Lucas and I obviously talk about quite a bit. We had an episode a few weeks back about the internet, about social media, um, but, but Madison continues, it feels as if God is personally meeting young adults in ways meaningful to them. My generation was formed differently than previous generations, and so the traits of this revival are different than revivals of old. The new outpouring is not the signs and wonders, nor zealous intercession, nor spontaneous tongues or charismatic physicalities, nor the visceral travail. It is marked by a tangible feeling of holistic peace, restorative sense of belonging, a non-anxious presence through felt safety, repentance driven by experienced kindness, humble stewardship of power, and holiness through treasuring adoration. It is important to reflect on the words of Jesus, quote, No one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. I think that's a really, really interesting passage, especially in light of what's happening. Um, it's one I'll come back to, but he says, I don't want to make the mistake of trying to fit this new work into old paradigms. The new wine cannot be understood with the old expectations of revival. As the revival has grown, people attempt to evaluate and participate from their old expectations. You cannot keep new wine in an old wineskin or it may cause disappointment, disillusionment, and divisiveness. In humility, we must receive the new wine with an open hand without trying to force this spiritual movement into our well-intended but old expectations of renewal. We must strive to humbly participate, appreciatively celebrate, and intentionally respond to this surprising work of the Spirit with openness and hunger. End long quote. Um, so, yeah, again, this is this is coming from the, well, not, not the mouth, but the hands, you know, typing online from a student who is experiencing this, who's living through it. Um, and I think there's a lot of really keen insight. Uh, many of the, the critiques, many of the concerns that I've seen are from people on the outside who are 
who are evaluating, whether from a distance or from Asbury, um, but they're making comments on like, well, you know, when you're looking at a revival, you need to see these things or um, people need to behave in a certain way. But as Madison has astutely pointed out here, perhaps we can't put new wine into old wineskins. Perhaps this really is a new movement. And it's it's not to say that this is going to be the next great awakening where this spreads like wildfire across the country, but it sounds like something very unique is happening. Um, And what I find incredibly ironic is, you know, people will pray for revival. People will pray for things like this. And then when they happen, they critique it as like, well, it's not what I was wanting. It's not what I was expecting. So, you know, as you're listening to this, I'm sure you guys have heard of this already. I'm sure you have your own thoughts and opinions. Um, but my challenge to you is to, to, to be generous, to, to think more deeply about this, to engage perhaps with people who are there, um, perhaps to pray for this own sort of thing in your own community, in your own school, your own church, whatever. Um, and if there is some sort of result, like, like what's happening at Asbury, um, to be humble, to be gracious, to be slow to speak, um, and to, um, you know, think theologically, biblically, um, critically about what is happening. And, you know, in, in an age of social media, in an age where the news is accessible on our smartphones at any given moment in any place, um, you know, it's really easy to see things that happen, whether it's tr- train derailments or balloons shot out of the sky or revivals happening in some small town in Kentucky. Uh, it, it's it, These things come at us so quickly and our, our attention spans are so short that we forget that like real people are involved and lives are being changed. Um, and so as you consider these things, as you perhaps have experienced different sorts of revivals of your own, um, consider the, you know, the, what good can come from this, even if you don't want to call it a revival, even if you don't want to call it an awakening, um, what good things is the Lord doing in the hearts of students in the hearts of faculty and those who are looking on because people are looking on. I mean, I don't know what it is now, but I mean, at least from videos, there are millions upon millions of views and downloads on some of these. You can go to YouTube, you can go to TikTok, you can go to all these websites and see, um, Again, not only what's happening, but people's ideas, people's evaluations. Um, so yeah, as 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 Christians, um, I'm sure Lucas would share this this sentiment too if he was here. And you know, perhaps if you guys find this interesting, or if you'd want to hear us have a conversation about this, please like let us know. I'm I'm sure we'd be happy to have a longer conversation. Um, but I, for one, you know, find some excitement in this. I I think back to my own time uh, in, in a biblical uh, school. You know, we, we talk about it often, but we Lucas and I both went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Uh, we had chapels all the time. We had um, both like daily routine chapels, but also special ones. Um, we had things like um, uh, Missions Week and Founders Week and just these these moments where where outside of the Sunday gathering as the saints where um, as students, we gathered to to sing, to pray, to hear the word preached and taught. Um, and I truthfully didn't experience any of this. And honestly, many days, many days, I did not want to go to chapel and I would skip chapel. I usually skipped as many chapels as I could because it was like I had other things to do. I had homework and actual work and truthfully, just other things that I would rather do um, with my time. Um, but the ones that I 
you know, happened to attend. This sort of thing never happened. Um, and so from that perspective, I think like, man, how cool would it have been to, to be a part of this? But on the other hand, like, what opportunities did I miss? Did, perhaps I could have been a part of something like this. Um, but the reality of the situation is that there are students at this seminary who who care, who who wanted to be there and have continued to be there, praying, repenting, rejoicing, um, pondering deeply the the word and our risen Lord. And so like that in and of itself is commendable that like these students, they didn't stay initially for, for any sort of uh, attention or notoriety. They simply wanted to stay and continue praising the Lord who had been good to them, who had shown them favor and grace. Um, and again, in, in God's providence, in his mercy, he, he, I think he's stirring something up at this school. Uh, and if it, if it, you know, some sort of fire gets fanned across the country or, or across the world, even that's awesome. But even if it just is contained to the school and, and when, when it's over and all the people stop gathering and the media uh, forgets about this moment, those people's lives have been changed and impacted. And when you think about then what they can go out and do from there in their communities, in their homes, um, in the world at large. And so uh, all, all I'm trying to say here is like, Revival is important. Um, these sorts of moments, these these theological, cultural, um, blending moments can can really be like earth shattering. So, yeah, I, I I really do. I want I want us to dwell on on this idea that that Madison brought up, where he says it is important to reflect. On the words of Jesus, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And I think I want to have an episode on this with, with Lucas, where we sort of evaluate this, where we, similar to our like weird Bible passages, um, episodes that we do, like I want to evaluate, like what does that mean? Does that have other practical implications like what other ways do we try to put new wine into old wineskins you know maybe it has to do with how we decorate our churches or how we build them or you know in the past when people have done you know like I think of like Billy Graham and his crusades like maybe that was uh, back then new wine in new wineskins but if we tried doing that today like maybe it wouldn't work because it's just not right because the fact of the matter, the reality of the world is the world is always changing. The world is always evolving. I mean, I think about even just the technological advancements that have happened within my own lifetime, within my own adulthood. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's honestly a little bit scary when you think of like artificial intelligence and some of the advancements that have happened there. Don't even get me started on things like self-driving cars, like in a, in an age where, um, you know, the technology is advancing so rapidly, like it, it calls for rapid transformation for us too. We can't expect all of the old ways to work exactly like we hope. Um, and just that idea too, of like believers, pastors, seminary students, like praying for things, like praying for people to repent, um, praying for revivals, praying for justice, like I think about those things and I'm like, you know, think of like, um, you know, celebrity pastors who have been outed from or ousted from their, their positions. And because they've, you know, they've had this great sin or moral failing, like 
people were praying for sins to be revealed and then they were <laughs> and and then they like didn't want to take it seriously and i think similarly here like people pray for revival people pray for for change and when it happens they're they're skeptical so yeah i mean i i, I feel like i've said a lot here i i wanted this to be a brief episode it's not going to be you know our normal uh 45 minute to an hour long thing anyway because lucas isn't here uh, but I really just wanted to share some of those thoughts, both both Madison's and my own, that um, in the midst of uh, you know public visibility on this sort of thing, like if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to post about it, do so charitably, do so wisely. Um, consider some of these points that have been made here on this episode. Um, but it, but at the end of the day, like trust that God is sovereign. Trust that He is working in the world. Um, that he will bring sinners to himself, that he will continue to keep his people. And so if, if he uses a revival like this one to do so, like praise be to him. That's, that's, I mean, what more is there to say? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope some of these thoughts were, were helpful. If you have any opinions or pushback or anything, like feel free to send that our way. Um, thank you again for listening to this episode of the doxology podcast. Thank you for listening to any episode. If you'd like to connect with us or me, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at doxology podcast, or you can email us at doxology podcast at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, questions, episode ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Remember, be nice. Seriously. I say this all the time, but when you're online, be nice, Um, be nice scene. And, um, I'll just give you a little peek behind the curtain, but next week, Lucas is going to be gone as well, but I'm going to be doing a special interview. It's with someone I guarantee you, you've never heard of. Um, It's one of my coworkers, interestingly, Um, but I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation on this idea of the intersection um, between faith and business. So look forward to that. And until next week, peace.